Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. We're continuing our series today that we started last week called Strings. All of us have strings in our lives, and we interact so often with strings that they've become kind of common metaphors that we use in conversations. Pastor Bud said earlier, he was talking about something with no strings attached. We use language like that when we communicate because we're so familiar with strings and what it is to tie things up with strings. And so sometimes, you know, when things aren't going well, we'll talk like this, we'll say, "Ah, I just feel like I'm hanging by a string. And we even use strings. We tie them around our finger to remind us to to remember something or another. Now, all of these string references and tying references, I mean, they get real interesting in the South. Come on, y'all. Here in the South, we make language interesting, don't we? So when we talk about things being tied, listen, uh, if you hear a Southerner say that he tied the knot, it means he got married. If you hear a Southerner saying he tied one on, it means he got drunk. We use references like that. If you hear a Southerner say roll tide, it means he just got beat by the LSU Tigers. I wanted to say that. I know it's a different type of tide, but I just thought I'd go ahead and rub their nose in it a little bit more this week, man. Go Tigers, right? But we use references to strings and to tying things all the time. Uh, when we feel like we don't do any, you can't do anything about something, we'll say, my hands are tied. Uh, when we're busy, too busy to get involved with something, we'll say, oh, I'm, I'm just tied up right now. I'm just tied up. And that's the one that I want to kind of lean in on with you today because let me just say that on spiritual terms, you never want to have to say, I'm all tied up. As it relates to spiritual things, you don't want to ever have to describe yourself as being all tied up. Many are all tied up through the bondage of sin. And how many know that's not God's will for any of our lives? Can I get a better amen? Amen. God doesn't want any of us all tied up through the bondage of sin. I want you to hear Psalm chapter 107 Verse 13 and 14, as we begin to study the Bible together this morning or this afternoon, Psalm chapter 107, verse 13 says, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their bands apart. I love that passage of scripture because it describes what God did for me so well. I remember the day that God saved me from my distresses. He brought me out of my darkness and the shadow of death itself. And he broke the bands apart that had me all tied up. Some of you have heard bits and pieces of my story. I'll I'll just briefly mention that as a teenager, I rebelled against God and everything I'd been raised to believe about God. And I went to the world and I looked to the world and I, I tried everything this world has to offer that it promises, satisfies, or fulfills, and it didn't. But within just a matter of months, really, I found myself all tied up. 
And over the course of my teenage years, a strong hold of addiction got a hold of me to the point where at 20 years old, I was just on the premises of losing everything, man. I had already lost so much. I had already um, suffered so many things through this addiction to drugs and alcohol within my life. As a newly married man, I was about to lose my marriage and I got desperate. I did, I got desperate and I called on the God of my youth. I called on God and God did exactly what this passage of scripture describes. He broke those bands in my life. I'm here today to tell you that instantaneously, when I gave my heart to Jesus, he broke seven years of addiction off of my life. And I was, listen, I never touched another drop of alcohol since then, never looked at drugs again. I was totally set free in an instantaneous deliverance where God just snapped those binds, those bounds that that I had suffered with for so long. Now, I have friends that it didn't happen that way for them. I have friends that are free today that it wasn't instantaneous for them. When they gave their heart to Christ, their sins were forgiven. Uh, They were made, you know, right with God. They were given the promise of eternal life, but they continued to suffer with different forms of bondage from their old life, even in the new life that they had in Christ. But over time, as they put their trust in God and they continued to allow God to work within their life, over time, God began to break those ties. God began to break those strongholds. God began to snap the hold that sin had over their life. And I'm so grateful and so thankful. And today, if you have committed your heart to Christ and you know your sins are forgiven, but you continue to deal with some form of bondage, let me just let you know, God wants you free. God wants every one of us absolutely free from any bondage whatsoever. Romans chapter seven is a passage of scripture that as a young Christian, now I mentioned how Uh, drug addiction was instantaneously broken off of my life. There were other struggles that I had that took some time to really get delivered from, to really get freedom in. And so as a young believer struggling in some areas, when I saw this passage in Romans chapter seven, it gave me great hope because what I realized was even someone like the apostle Paul, and let's, let's think about who we're talking about here. A man greatly used by God, the one who provided the early church, the great revelation of grace. Aren't you thankful for grace today? We're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, This revelation was brought to early Christianity through the Apostle Paul's teaching. This is a man who wrote two thirds of the books that make up your New Testament today. So this is a man of God. And yet we see that even after coming to faith in Christ, he had some struggles. We don't know exactly what those Uh, things were that still had him kind of tied up, but we know he described in one of his letters that it was like a thorn in his flesh. He continued to struggle. And then he writes this in his letter to the Romans, Romans chapter seven, verse 21 through verse 24. He says, so this is the principle that I've discovered. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. 
For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in my body, warring against the law of my mind and holding me captive to the law of sin that dwells within me. Paul said, what a wretched man that I am. Paul said, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, as an apostle, he says, what a wretched man that I am who will rescue me from this body of death. But he goes on to say in verse 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul's saying there's still hope. I know that ultimately deliverance will come. So here's this apostle, this great man of God, writing about continuing to struggle with some things that's got him kind of all tied up. And that gave me hope. It helped me to realize that there was hope for me too, even though I was struggling. Now, we can read a passage like that And I think we can all, even just with a surface reading of it, I think we can all relate to it. And sometimes we feel the weight of whatever this is that's still on our life, even though we've placed our faith in Christ. And so when he talks about this this body of death weighing him down, we can relate to that. But maybe what you don't know is the real historic significance of his reference to the body of death. Because Paul lived in a time in Rome when they had a particularly cruel form of capital punishment. In fact, history tells us that if you were found guilty of murder and you were sentenced to die for committing that murder, the way they would carry, have you carry out that sentence was to take the body of your victim and actually strap that body, that dead body to your back and you had to carry him around everywhere you went for days on end until finally the decomposing flesh of your victim it infected your own flesh and the guy you killed kills you. That's what Paul's saying. When he's saying, who can deliver me from this body of death? Who can cut the strings? Who can can untie this weight that's on my life, that's burdening me down? And then he goes on to say, thanks be to God, Jesus Christ, our Lord, can do it. And friend, I want you to know he can do that for you today. He can set you free. He still sets the captive free. Can somebody say, thank God? Now, I want to give you a kind of a a New Testament story that I think illustrates so clearly this principle that I'm trying to come across to you with today over the idea that even as a believer, even as someone who's a new creature in Christ, old things are passed away, all things have become new, we can carry some of the trappings of our former life on into this new life we have in Christ and find ourselves all tied up with things that God doesn't want us all tied up in. So the story that I'd love to point to is the story of Lazarus. Many of you are familiar with it and and even as a child maybe coming up in children's ministry, you would hear the story of Lazarus. And um, of course, Lazarus was a close friend of Jesus. He and and, uh, his two sisters, Lazarus' two sisters, Mary and Martha, were close to Jesus, almost considered like family with Jesus. He stayed in their home often. And he's away doing ministry and Lazarus gets sick. And the sisters send for him to come and to help them with Lazarus. But before he gets there, Lazarus has died. The mourners are all there when Jesus arrives. They've put him in a a tomb, a cave with a stone rolled in front of the entrance to that cave tomb. 
And Jesus gets there and the sisters let him know, hey, if you'd been here, our brother wouldn't have died. We know that. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus told them, Lazarus is going to live again. And they got all religious on him and they said, oh, we know in the resurrection and in the great day of the Lord and the sweet by and by, he'll, yes, he'll, he'll be raised again. And he goes, no, 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 no. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he tells them to move the stone away. And they begin to push back on that idea and tell him, Jesus, he's been in there three days. By this time, the smell's gotta be horrible. But he has them roll that stone away and then he shouts into that tomb and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And I take up the narrative in John's gospel, chapter 11, verse 44. The Bible says, the man who had been dead came out. His hands and his feet were wrapped with strips of burial cloth. You might say he was all tied up. He had a cloth covering his face. And then Jesus told the people, untie him and let him go. Here's Lazarus. He's come out of his tomb. He's been raised to newness of life, but he's still got all kind of grave clothes on him. And some of you are the same way today. You've been raised to newness of life. Your sins are forgiven. You're right with God, but you still got some grave clothes on you. And I believe that what Jesus said that day, he still says today, come on, he's saying untie them and let them go. He doesn't want you all bound up in those grave clothes of that old former life. No, he wants you free. He wants you free indeed. And I believe his message to the church today is that we will help all of these that we're leading to Christ, all of these that are coming out of the darkness of their old life of sin into a right relationship with God, that we'll help get them untied, that they won't be tied to anything from that old former life they once lived, but they'll walk out the freedom that God has given to every one of us in Christ. What are you saying, Jeff? I'm saying God wants us untied. God wants us untied. Galatians chapter five, verse one, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. In other words, the reason why you were saved, the reason you were forgiven, the reason you were given eternal life and brought out of the darkness of your sin is so you could know freedom in your life, liberty within your life. It was for freedom that God set you free. Listen to John's gospel, chapter eight, verse 32, the words of Jesus, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Notice that it's truth that liberates us. It's truth that unties us. In the, in the instance of my addictions, when I placed my faith in Christ, he untied me immediately. You know, the Bible refers to itself as the sword of the spirit. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. So you might say in my case, he took that sword and immediately snapped those strings that had been in place for seven years. With other friends of mine that I love dearly, it wasn't instantaneous like that. But over time, the Holy Spirit used you might think of it this way, the truth of his fingers to untie all of those knots in your life so that you could ultimately be set free. Come on, for some of you, God's still untying those knots. Have you ever had a shoe where your, your shoelace got tied in a knot, in a real tight knot, and it took some time to get that thing undone? Anybody, has that ever happened to anybody? Can I tell you, some of your knots were really tight. 
God's still working some of those knots out in your life. Still working some of those knots out in my life. But ultimately, come on, he wants us free. I wish somebody would look at your friend and say, he wants you free today. He wants us free. He wants to take the time to get those knots untied, unloosened, and and set you free by the power of his Holy Spirit. Uh, I wanna talk to you for the next few minutes about how to escape being all tied up. How do you escape that? I got five things for you to consider with me and we'll wrap this up. First thing is you gotta determine not to stay in knots. How how you like that play on words, you like that? You gotta determine not to stay in knots. You've gotta believe that it's God's will for you to be free. Do you believe that? You've gotta believe that God wants you free from any kind of bondage. Romans chapter six and verse 14 said, sin is not to have any power over you since you're not under the law, speaking of the law of sin and death, but under grace. I love the translation of that passage that said, sin shall have no dominion over you. God doesn't want any form of sin and bondage dominating you through your lifetime. So let's believe today, God wants me free. It's how you escape being all tied up. Secondly, you gotta stay out of the lap of those that would tie you up. Now this is an Old Testament reference that I'm making now. I've shared Lazarus's story from the New Testament. Let me go to Samson's story in the Old Testament. Some of you learned about him in children's church as well. He was the strong guy in the Old Testament. The guy that was so strong that he killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. This guy's tough, man. He's strong. He's a mighty warrior. Uh, He takes one day and he puts the gates of a certain city on his shoulders and carries those gates up the hill. This is a mighty, mighty warrior, a strong warrior. He starts dating a girl named Delilah from the Philistine camp. There's his first mistake. Come on, y'all stay out of the Philistine camp. And he starts dating Delilah and Delilah is hired by the leaders of her city to find out how to subdue Samson. They want to take him out. And so we take up the narrative of this story in Judges 16, and I've always marveled at it. Listen to how it reads. Judges 16, verse six through seven. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, you hear what this girl's saying to you, Samson? How dumb do you have to be? And so Samson starts playing her. And he tells her, hey, if you you tie me up with new bow strings, uh, I'll lose all my strength. But that doesn't happen. And then he tells her something else. And once again, he breaks free. And then he tells her something else. And finally, he actually tells her, he's so dumb, he stays with this girl who's letting him know, I want to tie you up. I want to subdue you. I want to take your strength. And 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 he plays along far enough until he tells her the secret of his strength. And, and they take him, they make a mockery of him, they put his eyes out. And of course, the secret of his strength was his vow to God represented by no razor touching his hair, but they cut his hair, they took his strength. And before we're too quick to judge Samson today and go, what a dummy. 
Can we just stop right now and ask ourselves whose lap our head is laying in that's right there with the rope in their hand, ready to tie you up. It's obvious they want you bound. It's obvious that they want to bind you and take your freedom from you, but you're going to the website anyway. You're going to the bar room anyway. I wish somebody today would understand and realize if you're gonna stay free, if you're gonna escape being all tied up, listen to me, you gotta stay out of the lap of those who would tie you up. Number three, praise your way free. I know what you're going through is difficult. I've suffered under those different forms of bondage that you just felt like, I can't shake this. I've done my best. I've tried all I know to do. But can I tell you, if you're saved, you're right with God, your sins are forgiven. You may be struggling with some form of bondage today, but God's still worthy of your praise. He's still already done more for you than you could ever hope to repay him for anyway. So why don't we just go ahead and praise him for what he has done for us. Praise him for who he is. Praise him for all that he's given us and all that he's blessed us with. One more New Testament story for you. It's the story of Paul and Silas. Here's two guys that are just doing what God told them to do. They're preaching the gospel. And all of a sudden, they're beaten for it and they're thrown in jail. They're not just in jail. The Bible points out that they're in the inner dungeon. Historians tell us that what that would have looked like is that it would have been an underground dungeon that they're in. And then right above the dungeon they're in is the normal prison block, you know, at ground level. Now get that picture, they're beaten, they're bleeding, they're in this underground dungeon. It's midnight in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, and the Bible said about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God while the other prisoners listened. They're down in a dungeon in pain, and yet the prisoners can hear them, above them can hear them singing their praise to God. They're not mumbling some little prayer like, I can't believe, Lord, you let this happen to me. No, they're praising God. They're singing their songs of worship and all the prisoners above them can hear their songs of praise and that kind of worship, even in the midst of their suffering, is something God couldn't resist. And in verse 26, the Bible said, suddenly a strong earthquake shook the jail to its foundations. The door open and the chains fell from all the prisoners. I'm here today to tell you, even in your bondage, if you'll go ahead and you'll praise God, he's going to find you irresistible and there's things about to happen that's going to shake you free from whatever bondage that you've known to the glory of God. How, How do we escape being all tied up, determined not to stay in knots? Stay out of the laps of those who would tie you up Praise your way free. And then number four, trade sin's bonds for the bonds of righteousness. Trade sin's bonds for the bonds of righteousness. What I'm basically telling you today is you're gonna serve one or the other. You're going to be a servant of one or the other. Make the decision today, I'm no longer gonna serve sin. I'm going to be 
a servant of God and I'm gonna serve righteousness. Make that choice today and trade sin's bonds for the bonds of righteousness. Romans chapter six and verse 18 said, you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. It turns out Bob Dylan was right. It might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you're gonna have to save somebody. Yes, indeed. Some of you guys don't even know who Bob Dylan is, you poor children. I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> Dylan said, you're gonna have to serve somebody. And we need to make up our mind today. We're not serving sin. We're not serving uh, the bondage that the enemy wants to keep us in. We're gonna be slaves of righteousness, servants of God. We're gonna trade our bondage to sin for the bonds of righteousness that God will place upon our lives. You might think of it this way. It's a poor example. I'll give it to you anyway. If you were a citizen of China, that, that communist country, in some way and somehow you had the opportunity to move your citizenship from China to a nation like the U.S., you would move yourself out from under one set of laws to follow another set of laws. You understand what I'm telling you? In other words, as you moved your citizenship from China to the U.S., you were once bound by laws that enslaved you and violated your humanity, and now you're under laws that protect you and provide rights to you as a citizen. And this is a picture of coming out of darkness into the marvelous light of God's love. You're still a servant, but you're serving the one that loves you and gave himself for you. You're serving the one that wants his best for you. You're serving the one who's promised to bless you and give you a hope and a future. Come on, somebody thank God for the bonds of righteousness that God's allowed us to know. How do we escape? being all tied up, determined not to stay in knots. Stay out of the laps of those that would tie you up. Praise your way free. Trade sin's bonds for the bonds of righteousness. And then number five, keep the fallen nature in check. Here's something every one of us share alike. We have an old fallen nature that still wants to rear its head in our lives and it still wants to pull us in the wrong way. Am I the only one? No, we all have that fallen nature that we have to contend with. Here's what Paul writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Romans 6, verse 16. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Paul continues in Galatians 5, on this same idea. In Galatians 5 verse one, it says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law of sin and death. What's he describing? He's describing us bringing our fallen desires and all of us struggle with those. We have those fallen desires that we wanna do things we know displease God. We've got to bring those fallen desires under the lordship of Jesus Christ and obey him rather than our envie. Come on, y'all. Rather than our desire, we serve him. We do what he wants us to do. And in doing that, in bringing those fallen desires under the lordship of Jesus Christ, there is a conversion that takes place. He converts those old fallen desires into wholesome and helpful attributes. So for instance, where you once struggled under the sin of lust, you bring that under the lordship of Jesus Christ 
And now God can bless you with a healthy sexual relationship within the bonds of holy matrimony where we're slave to what's right and good and those things that God will bless. Where you once struggled under a fallen nature with anger. You bring that under the lordship of Jesus Christ and a conversion takes place where all of a sudden now it's righteous anger that doesn't act out in sinful ways, but rather it postures you in the world to make sure that injustices don't stand because you're gonna stand against them to be the peacemaker that God has called us all to be and to make sure that righteousness is exalted in the world that you inhabit. Do you see that conversion taking place within your life? Jeff, what are you really telling us today? It it comes down to this. The best way to keep from getting all tied up is to get all tied up. The best way to keep from getting all tied up with sin and its bondage is to get all tied up with righteousness and servanthood toward the Lord. I'll close with this analogy When Jesus got ready to make his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he was received warmly by Jerusalem. They shouted his praise. They shouted their hosannas. They laid their cloaks in the road before him as he rode in. They laid palm branches down. That's why we have Palm Sunday before Easter Sunday. He was warmly welcomed in Jerusalem. As he got ready to fulfill the prophecy of his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. As he got ready to fulfill that prophecy, he told his disciples, I want you to go to a certain location in town. You're gonna find a colt tied. And I want you to untie that colt because it's that colt that I'm gonna ride into Jerusalem, fulfilling the Old Testament prophet, uh, his prophecy, and be welcomed by all of Jerusalem. And they went, and just like he predicted, they found that colt tied and they untied that colt. Now, I don't want you to be offended today when I point to that colt as a picture of us because I have heard that you can kind of act like a donkey sometimes. I'm telling you. <laughs> but I, I want to say to you, it's the perfect analogy because when God unties us from all that bondage we once knew, he then allows us to carry him to a broken, lost, fallen world so they can welcome him into their world and know so great a salvation as we have known. Are you ready to get untied? Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God and you know that needs to change, I want to invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on Him. Why don't you call on him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me. I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin 
separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. Through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray, According to your promise, my sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today and God richly bless you is our prayer for you.